Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. And any questions or comments or anything you need to email, use MyFirstSketchPodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Josh High Foss. Today's guest is Tom Hannigan, who's currently a member of the Fit House Team Metropolis, and he's preparing for Tom Hannigan's 25. His first sketch is called Unhelpful Genie. Tom Hannigan plays the genie. Courtney Painter plays the little girl. Sheila Master plays the little boy. And I play the father, as well as provide the visual information. So let's go to the sketch. Two kids walking around an old pawn shop. All this stuff here is stupid. Nah, look at that old lamp. That's cool. No, it's not. You're stupid, and so is the lamp. The little girl touches the lamp, and a magical genie pops out of it. The kids scream. Hello, children. I will grant you three wishes. Oh my God, are you real? Wow, you can really grant wishes? Of course I can grant wishes. I'm a genie. Now, what would you like to wish for? I want to be a superhero like Batman. Nope. I'm not doing that. That seems really dangerous, and you didn't free me anyway, so go away. What? I was there, though, when you were freed. Should that count for something? Nah, you don't get jack, kid. Kick rocks. Wow, so I get three wishes all to myself? Sure, what do you want? Oh, wow, I'm not sure. How about for a million wishes? Nah, I can't do that. What else do you want? Why can't she have more wishes? Because I have genie stuff to do today, and I can't sit around here granting wishes all day. What's the matter to you anyway? You aren't getting any wishes anyway. So come on, let's wrap this up. Um, okay. How about for a rocket ship? That would be fun. What the hell? You think I'm going to be responsible for giving a child a rocket ship? What, are you mad? Ask for something else. What kind of genie are you? You can't even grant cool wishes. Go away, you little instigator. So what do you want? Um, how about world peace? World peace, though? You're like seven. What kind of seven-year-old asks for world peace? I don't know. I, yeah, I can't do that. It just seems like a lot of work, but your heart's in the right place, so that's good. Okay, how about you give my daddy a job that doesn't make him drink or mad anymore? Damn, kid. I'm sorry, but... I don't know your dad's qualifications for any of that stuff, and it would be real irresponsible on my part, so I can't do that. Well, what kind of wishes can you grant, then? Chill out, kid. You're just mad you're not getting any wishes. Well, what do other people wish for? I don't freaking know. Money, booze, fame, a talking dog or something. Oh, really? Can I have a talking dog? Yeah, sure. Suddenly, a dog runs into the room and starts barking. There you go, that's one wish, a talking dog. The dog barks a few more times. Why isn't the dog talking? What do you mean? Watch, hey dog, speak. The dog barks. See, he speaks. That's not the easiest task for a dog, you know. But I wanted him to speak English, like me. Yeah, we don't 
One a stupid dog that can't even talk. He speaks dog, and he's your dog now. You can't just ditch him. What kind of people are you trying to ditch this helpless dog like that? Shame on you. No, no. It's okay. We'll take care of him. That's not a problem. I swear we'll take care of him. Are your parents going to let you keep the dog? Maybe, but I don't know. My daddy hates dogs. He says they're dirty beasts. Well, how about this? You have two more wishes, so why don't you use one to give the dog the best home you can? I wish the doggy somewhere he can be taken care of. Sure, you got it. The dog goes poof and disappears. Where did you send the dog to? Oh, you wouldn't have to worry about that dog anymore. I killed him. <gasps> but I told you to make sure the dog is taken care of, not kill him. Yeah, and that's what I did. I took care of him. The genie raises his hand in a gun shape. We didn't want you to kill him, though. Well, you didn't have to say it in the way that you did. You don't have any wishes. Why would I? Why would you think I wanted you to kill him? Well, usually when someone needs to be taken care of, it means killed. Haven't you kids seen Godfather? No, we're seven. We don't think like that. Well, my line of work, I have to take care of a lot of people. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. Well, I want to use my last wish to make sure you can't hurt anyone anymore. That's my wish. Hey, I don't tell you how to do whatever it is you do, do I? We're only kids. We don't do anything except play and go to preschool. Yeah, you're nothing like the genie from Aladdin. He was funny and not a killer. I'm not a killer. I just grant wishes. Now, if you don't mind, I have this thing I really got to get to, so what's the third wish? We want you gone forever. You're a bad genie. Oh, my God. Who asked you? You have no say in this. I don't know, but I don't like how you do things. How I do things? How I do things? What about your parents? Who leaves children unattended in a pawn shop long enough to have a full conversation with a genie? That's just bad parenting. Hey, shut up! Why do you keep talking? Damn, you're so annoying. That's it. I'm going to get my dad, and he's going to beat you up. The little boy walks away from that part of the store. Okay, so you're going to have your last wish. I'm not trying to beat up your dad. My dad would kick your, your butt. That's why you're so scared. You realize I am a genie that just killed a dog, right? I'll beat your dad's ass. Nuh-uh. He just got home from work, so I know he's angry. And we're only here because he said he needed more beer than my grandpa's watch. So I'll bet he's ready to hit somebody. Yeah, whatever you say. Either way, there's genie stuff I have to get to, so make your wish. Okay. I know what I want. I want you to fight my dad. Really? You sure you want that? I'm a magical genie. I can just turn your dad into a cat or something and then kick him across the room. Why do you hate animals? I don't like them. Well, how about this as my last wish? You can never harm another animal again. All right. I usually don't let little kids tell me how to work. Uh, but I got genie stuff to get to, so I'll do it. No more hurting animals for me. Good, now go away, you mean genie. All right, peace out, Sprout. The genie disappears, and the little boy returns with his father. Hey, where's this genie at? He was just here a minute ago, I swear. I just made my last wish, and he left. You two are little liars aren't going to get it when we get home. But, Dad, 
There really was, though. Yeah, I'm sure. The three of them leave the pawn shop. Hey, Tom. Hey, what's up, man? Okay, so you presented to me a 12-page long genie sketch. Genie which sketch. isn't, you know, 12 pages is a lot more than it actually is because it's spaced out oddly. So where did this sketch come from? So I, I forgot this sketch even existed. I think this might be the second time anyone has read it, including okay. myself. Excellent. Like, there was never, like, a second draft of this. So this sketch, I, like, it took me a minute, but I just, like, scrolled just to get the timeline right in Mm -hmm. my head. And I think I wrote this sketch to fill out the packet for the first sketch house teams back in, like, 2012. Okay. Because there was, like, a page requirement or whatever, and I had never written The page requirement was 12? (laughs) Uh, I think the page requirement might have been, like, 15 or, like, 20 or whatever wow but like it feels like a lot it, but that filled it more than um, half at least it does okay yeah. so um see i didn't such a terrible sketch <laughs> <laughs> that's poor animals you can uh, yeah i yeah. mean we're not gonna kill a dog on stage no but no god no unless it's a shitty dog no, no we're not gonna do that <laughs> i'm not killing a shitty dog on stage I'm sure we have to use I like water a plush animal or something. Stage, yeah, but so. I won't kill a dog. <laughs> but he was in on that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I understand, he was a dog decision. on board. Like, with what's, yeah. Um, so then, okay. Uh, what were you watching as a kid? What was your fandom? What did uh, you like? SNL was huge. I remember I like if you grew up in the in the greater Philadelphia area, you might remember Pop Vision. I don't because I well, so, I'm assuming that was a cable thing. It and was. I didn't have cable, so I I didn't have cable for like a good stretch of like maybe like 13 to like 18. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have cable, but before that, I had Pop Vision, which had like it was like a basic thing, and then it was HBO, but you didn't have channels like Cartoon Network or Comedy Central. Oh, weird. Yeah. So whenever I'd go over to my grandmom's, they would show like the early. 90s and late 80s SNL. Okay. So, like, I was just addicted to that. And, like, every time I went to my grandmom's, I, like, tried to watch Comedy Central. Uh, so then what would... Yeah, because Comedy Central for a while, like, they didn't do original stuff. Yeah. They, like, it wasn't until, like, South Park really hit that they had a yeah. full... That they really started working on a full slate. So they just had... It was old just Lives, like other stuff. Kids yeah. in the Hall. Yeah. I remember not Randall liking stand-ups. Kids in the Hall. I... My first memory of Kids in the Hall... And I actually have to, like, find the actual sketch that it is... Um, I was because I didn't have cable either growing up, but we went down the shore one week, and the place that we were staying at had cable, and I was on Comedy Central yeah. for most of it. And there's a sketch where Mac, Mark McKinney's playing the kitchen la- the chicken lady, okay, and she's riding, about. yeah, she's riding one of those uh, mechanical horses that you yeah. see outside of, and I didn't know this at the time. But she was having an orgasm. Yep. And my mom flipped out and banned <laughs> me from watching Kids in the Hall forever. Like, uh, and that's my that's my earliest memory. And then eventually the DVDs came out and I got them yeah. and I was watching through. And I don't think I've seen everything yet, but yeah, that's that's my Kids in the Hall memory. My earliest Kids in the Hall memory was just being like, "This isn't Saturday Night Live," and then changing it. And that's and just the other, like the that's weird the loyalty thing, thing was, as like a seven year old was already having seen Kids. In, uh, Saturday Night Live at that point, and that point, Mark McKinney was a, a cast member of yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So seeing him, I'm like, he's he's on 
Saturday Night Live now. Like, yeah. oh, this is before Saturday Night Live. That's cool. But then you also had um, Dave Foley, who was already mm-hmm. on news radio. Yeah, news so you're radio. Like, oh, oh, then what are, what are these three doing yeah. now? Like, where'd they disappear yeah, to? Yeah. Uh, and I, didn't, I don't think I had the, the wherewithal to know that that was a couple years prior, that it was. Yeah, I don't think I had any of that at all. Um, it was just like, I know I liked Saturday Night Live, and that was not what I liked. And, it, so, and, and it's was weird it. that, that Lauren Michaels is in charge of both. I had no concept of what a Lauren Michaels was. <laughs> right. So then if, if you have that mild obsessive, um, obsession with Saturday Night yeah. Live as a teenager, what was, who was your favorite? Like, um, or who stuck out the most? Who... Like, back then, it was definitely, like, Dana Carvey. Like, uh, I could probably still recite every single, like, sketch from, like, his best of, like, DVD. Because that was, like, they had, like, first started coming out with, like, best of DVDs Mm -hmm. or whatever when I was, like, maybe 13 or 14. And I just, got all of them. That trend kind of... spurred on with the deaths of yeah. Farley and Hartman because yeah. I remember that there was like Saturday Night Live remembers Chris Farley because I taped it off yeah. the TV and then the DVD came out like the next year or the mm-hmm. tape came out the next yeah. year and I was like oh it's the same thing just without the sadness okay yeah. good um, like looking back now like when I watch some of like the 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 seasons I'll like gravitate more towards now are like the late 80s but seasons yeah. like pre Sandler that second golden age. Yeah. It's so good. Everything is so good. And like just Phil Hartman, everything Phil, Phil Hartman, Hartman does. It's um, just like, yeah, he, it's so good. We live like, I think you and I grew up in the same weird time where as even though we got the current sign alive, but we yeah. were also getting all the old stuff Yeah, because Comedy Central aired it. After the 11.30 Saturday Night Live. They'd show the 70s ones. There was one yeah. at 1 o'clock in the morning yeah. that was, and then like. Watch that. And then DVD start coming on. out. <laughs> the 25th anniversary happened, yep. so there's a lot of nostalgia around that. Like, I, I got into SNL like maybe two or three years after that. But I, okay. got, I remember getting that on VHS I th- and like watching the shit out of it. I think that was another thing that I, I taped off of television but I missed like 15 minutes of it. Cause Did like it just drive you insane. So I, I <laughs> lost 15 minutes of it. I, I didn't really know after watching it. And then I got the DVD of it and I was like, Oh, I've never seen this clip before. Cause I think it was a, like a part where Jimmy Fallon was showing you like the day to day process. Okay. And I was like, I've never seen this before. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's not a good story, but no, that's my Saturday Night Live stuff. Um, okay. So then what, after watching Saturday Night Live and, being a, fan, a bit of a fanatic, what got you into doing comedy? Um, just like my earliest memory of like watching stand up was in second grade for whatever reason. I, I caught uh, Jammin' in New York by George Carlin. Okay. On HBO because Pop Vision. Right. HBO was just a random channel. You have HBO. We Why? We didn't have. Well, you don't have everything. We didn't have, have Comedy HBO. Central, but we had HBO for some reason. So. Uh, I remember hearing that and just like losing my fucking mind because <laughs> I'm like eight hearing George Carlin like just destroy everything. And then I went into like lunch the next day and was like, guys, I heard it. I heard the funniest thing ever. And then just like <laughs> just that. I think I'm still chasing that like second grade high of <laughs> now retelling George Carlin jokes in second grade or third grade or whatever. Now, I don't know the timeline of it. 
but did you know who George Carlin was before seeing this? I had no this? fucking idea. Okay, so no like, idea. He you, was just some old man cursing a bunch. So it wasn't it. like, why is the guy from Shining Time Station yelling nope. at things? Like this was like because that's a good how I knew it. George I Carlin. Have, yeah, like, I didn't have that George Carlin. I might be a little bit younder. Okay, so because it was uh, Shining Time Station was a show on PBS. With, okay, and uh, there was you know that's Thomas the Tra- Tra- Thomas the Train mm-hmm. Engine, all those like yeah weird looking tra- uh, trains. And there was a, a magical conductor character. One of them was George Carlin, and the other one was yeah. Ringo Starr. Yeah. And those were my yeah. only experiences with those two yeah. until much later. And then you're like, oh, these guys are kind of awesome. And then and it's yeah. like, why is George Carlin doing this kid show? Yeah. Like, what horrible thing did he do that he had to do yeah. penance or, like, community service for this? I think my first introduction to George Carlin outside of, like, that context was actually just Bill and Ted. Okay, yeah. Because he's Bill and Ted. But, like, I never watched, like, PBS at all, like, right. growing up. Like, the cartoons I'd watch were, like, Batman and X-Men because they were, like, brand new. Yeah. And then, like, in reruns, I still watched, like, the crap out of them. And, like, uh, at my mom's house, I still have, like, like maybe the first two or three seasons of the 90s X-Men cartoon on mm-hmm. VHS. It's just, like, this massive, like, stack so, of Yeah, of VHSs yeah. And that are – do you still have a VCR that you can – Yeah. I was, like no, – I've I've <laughs> – can you locate a VCR? I don't know if I, I don't know if you could buy one anymore. I, I know. Like, uh, I know every like uh, yard sale I go to has VHS. As tapes, I say, that's like I don't know about um, VHS. Because I know I think the the last co- the last company that actually made them yeah. stopped making them like a couple months ago. So are you serious? Whatever, they, they, like just stopped. whatever VHS, whatever VCRs are out there are. I what remember we have. the last VHS I ever bought, like before, like the jump to. Mm-hmm. DVD and it was the first Lord of the Rings, okay. Which I think is like a nice like milestone yeah, I don't, in like cinema in general. I don't think I could figure that out. I'd have to actually look at what I yeah what I have and look, be like just like look at the dates. Yeah, and um, I'm sure it's something awful because I I used to do the uh, like the used bin at like Hollywood okay. videos and stuff. Yep. Like that yeah. was my go-to for a while. Yeah. Um, so wild tangents. That's <laughs> perfectly fine. Yeah. All right. So George Carlin, you're chasing yeah. high George Carlin. Where do you start? Uh, so I went to like an art school, but I didn't like study like writing or theater, but like the school offered those. Mm-hmm. And I think I like probably wanted to do those things, but I did uh, like visual arts. So I did like pottery for like an hour a day for like four years and like drawing and like oil painting and stuff like that. And it was great. But like, as soon as I got out of it, like, I went to an open mic at Helium when I was, like, 19, like, after I graduated, and didn't get on, but they were still doing, like, the sign-ups in person. This mm-hmm. was, like, 2009, 2010. Okay. So, I'm there, and I remember the first stand-up I saw, like, live that, like, just, like, made me laugh, just, like, lose my shit laughing was uh, uh, Brendan Kennedy. Yeah. And he just, like, talked about the movie Congo for, like, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I had never seen Congo, but it just sounded <laughs> hysterical, like, the way he was talking about it. And I was just, like, losing my shit. And now, like... And now he's in L.A., like... For, yeah, for context, yeah. Brendan Kennedy uh, did stand-up, did sketch, did improv in the city for a yeah. while. He's now in L.A. doing, I'm assuming, sketch and stand-up yeah. and... Uh, I, I think I've had, like, one conversation with him. Like, our time, like, doing shit did not the, overlap. He, yeah, time. he um, was a member of Camp Woods and uh, hate, speech, hate Speech Committee. Mm-hmm. 
and then he created Guilty Pleasures with Roger C. Snare, yep. uh, which now Joe Moore hosts. Uh, my big thing with Brendan was that we worked together on Promania. He was one of our... Uh, I've heard of this show. <laughs> and this infamous show. <laughs> one of uh, the big conversations I had with him was he's like, yeah, you got to watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And I was like, all right, I will. And I did it for three years. And then I saw it on like Netflix. And I was like, why didn't I watch that three years ago? Yeah. Brendan was right. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Um, okay, so you see Brendan Kennedy doing stand-up. So I, I was trying to do stand-up. I was trying to do stand-up. I had no idea what like improv or like how someone would even do sketch right and like had no idea what improv even was and like because i wasn't 21 i couldn't like go to bars you can yeah you can do that like like i'd go to helium every now and then and like try to get on and like just wouldn't and like i did get on when i was 19 i did like a whole 30 seconds about how i wished al pacino played spider-man instead of andrew garfield because this is like with like a impression of him yeah, with a terrible Al Pacino impression. Got, like, one laugh, and then was just like, bye, and then just, like, <laughs> left. Like, did a whole 30 seconds, probably drove the host insane by doing that. But, like... like did you not even, like, go to the red light, or... No, not at all. I just, did that joke. You decided into your People laughed gone. and was like, bye. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to have this be bad. Bye. <laughs> I'm finishing here. So long. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm amazed I'm doing this. Because my, my few experiences with doing... with. I've never done open mics, but, uh, but going to open mics, yeah. especially at Helium, there's certain people mm-hmm. that like do not see the red light yeah. and just keep going. And then the mic gets turned off. So I find it refreshing that <laughs> you decided to end early, <laughs> and I appreciate that. It was, I, I was like, I was just petrified, just like yeah. horrible stage. Fright. Oh, like, I'd never done anything like that That's before. why I've never done stand-up. And it's like, fuck. But it's one of those things that like, you just have to do if you want to do it. Mm. And like, I tried that for like a very little bit, and then like just stopped doing it. I was just doing other stuff, and like stand-up and writing in general are just things that are very easy to not do yeah so yeah it's much easier to stay home than go to a yeah a bar for an open mic yeah as i as i can attest for the last five years also like i uh i still live in the northeast and like commute in and out of center city all the time that's also i wasn't driving then so it would be like i'd like stay at an open mic until like 1 30 and then do my five minutes or whatever and then i'd have to hop the like night owl home yeah that's also i live out in the suburbs so that's always the daunting it was awful Um, so like i think that's like what made me not do stand-up as much and then uh i saw ass cat on netflix the 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 special that they did yeah yeah and like just fucking like clicked in my head like oh that's the thing i want to do i had no idea that was like even a thing Mm-hmm. before and like i remember showing that to people being like guys isn't this amazing and they're just like yeah it's all right like that's that's amy poehler yeah from Parts amy poehler like, like okay she's a thing like, yeah okay and just like fucking blew my mind and then like maybe like a month later i signed up for fit 101 like so how did you find out about fit google just I just, just philadelphia I, improv yeah comedy like this is like improv like it, like it's here right I, it I exist here <laughs> i feel like if it uh, didn't i'd probably go to new york for it like like this might be mean or rude to say but i feel like google's the best advertising for the people that want to yeah, find fit yeah and like yeah there's because you whole, are not the first that has just googled <laughs> that have googled philadelphia <laughs> comedy to fi- fit. that's a whole other podcast um, <laughs> so uh all right you do 101 at fit i'm, yeah. I'm assuming improv 101 yes. Who was the teacher? Uh, I did Ralph Andracchio's Improv 101. 
Okay. And then I did Nathan Edmondson's 201 right afterwards. Was there anyone in these classes yes. that are still? Yes, there's a lot of people. Uh, my 101 had Allison Zeidman okay. in it, Molly Strollian, yeah. and Joel Thomas. So all, those all three pretty stuff. heavy hitters yeah. of comedy. Yeah. Um, and then three and f- I'm assuming three and four. Uh, 201 had Jackie Baker in it. Okay. So Improv 201 had Jackie Baker in it. And Molly and Allison again. And then Molly and Allison were in my 3012 with Mike Butler, Daniel Kleiman. Jeez, uh, I'm going to forget someone. But it was like a great class. Uh, I know I'm forgetting someone. It's but fine. They're not going to hear this. It was just like a great. And they'll they'll up. they'll send an angry yeah, email to you. To whatever. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so who were your teachers for three and four? Uh, I, for three, I had Greg Mon, mm-hmm. and for four one, I had Kristen Shear. But there was like a year gap between my three one and four one. Okay. So. Um, and then, uh, since this is a sketch comedy thing, did you do any of the sketch classes or no? Just. I, just improv it. It was all like all through. improv. And like, I'd always wanted to do sketch, but I just like never did. So then when, so this had to be a decent amount of time ago. Like if you're doing, this is like 2011, 2012. Okay. So we did overlap my first little yeah. spell of well, being so, around comedy. So I was like not around at all. You like, just did classes, but I never. I pretty much just did classes. I like almost never saw shows. Like the first improv shows I ever saw live were like, for my class requirement right. for Improv 101. And it was, I think it was uh, two shows and it was like Medic and like the Amy and Kristen show. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, because I commuted, I like never came up because it would be like a whole nice thing. And this was still like when the classes, like the classes were at random places. Yeah, it was just randomly like my, f- I signed up for 401 right out of 301 and it got canceled because there wasn't enough people mm-hmm. to fill it. Yeah. And now they like add 401. Yeah, so there's like not that problem out. anymore. Yeah, it's not at all. Like, um because like I mean my sketch 101 was at an art gallery in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh where in our last 2 weeks of the class uh we actually like hung out like we were in the back room and then the last 2 weeks we were in the actual gallery portion and I forget like what the photo essay was supposed to mean. But it was all these black dicks just everywhere, <laughs> and it and it was just like, this is really distracting. It's um, like, all right, guys, we gotta talk about the black dick in the room. But, but <laughs> no, 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 not singular. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was something. It was something about the patriarchy, or uh, yeah, or um. There's an example. There, there was a, there was a reason. It wasn't just like erotica. Like <laughs> it was just so bizarre. It wasn't to walk. just, it wasn't just black dicks all willy nilly. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to walk in and be like, oh, there's, there's penises everywhere. Yeah. I, so, huh. I feel weird about this. So that's <laughs> happening to all of us right now. <laughs> yes, I'm glad we're all experiencing this at the same time. Yeah, this is, this is all happening. Yeah. I, and then, okay, so you're doing improv, and you eventually, I know you got outside voices. Was yeah, that this the is first? Like, that's like way later. That was my okay. first improv house team. Okay, but um, what else are you doing? So what other teams are you? I was on an indie team called Malone, like in between 301 and 401. And okay. I had uh, Joel, Molly, Allison on it, and uh, Corey Holland, who does End Crowd. Um, and like, we did that for a little while. And I think between that and 301, 
I wrote that sketch, that the first sketch. Okay. Because that was when Fit was casting for uh, Flat Earth and, and Dog, Dog Mountain, Riders. the first two. So I think I was like, well, I'm not doing anything right might now. Might as well. So I might as well like try to write a sketch, and now, I submitted that. And then were the sketches like? Did you? like improv them out like no it was just this like, is just like me and my think, like let's be funny let's my apartment like okay. just being like whatever this is a thing um like just having content was one so, of a battle so that was me. your first experience of of doing yeah. of trying to write sketch which is fantastic i love first drafts of first attempts at it's just as good as like I wrote this one as a teenager. Those are magic words to me. Like <laughs> first draft of first attempt yeah. and teenager, love yeah. it. Um, I was probably like twenty two, like twenty one or twenty two when I wrote that sketch. Right. So yeah. that was like four, four and a half years ago. Because I have my improv, my like improv birthday <laughs> is a week before my actual birthday. Okay. And I turned twenty one in my first improv class. Okay. On like the second week. Is that really a thing? Improv birthday? I think uh, like or if you're it, if you're like nerds like me, you might keep track like, of it. But like it's like easier much, for me to actually keep track but, of. But at the same time, I'm, I'm asking like and yeah, I don't know. Trying, if other people trying do not it. to sound kind of sending, but at the same yeah. time, I could probably look at a calendar and figure out the first time I did a sketch up. Yeah. Like so, yeah, I can't. I I used to save uh, when I would do like the helium open mic. They give you like the little ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. I might have them somewhere because i did like gonna keep, do some like, scrapbooking later like yeah there was like real <laughs> fucking corny real so then um all right you you submit a packet for the yeah for the first did house team did not get cast didn't i didn't even submit because <laughs> no i've told yeah. that story before i'll tell you off the mic that's fine um i i was just like yeah what the fu-? like i could i mean what else was I doing? So I just did it. I didn't think I was going to get picked or but anything. But why not? Like, uh, in, in school, I was, like, a creative writing major. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot it, of what I would write is, like, fiction and shit. So It's I was one of those things like, that I look back at, like, and I should have I should have submitted it be like, why not? Like, yeah. it, wouldn't, that, yeah. doesn't, it don't hurt nothing. Yeah. Like, um, what, is your weekend still going to be free? Like, like yeah. Why not? Um, so, you have Malone. Yeah. What else do you have in leading up to uh, uh, Outside Voices? Because uh, that was team. your first house. That was my first house team. I'm on my second one now. Uh, before that, I was on a team called the Monarchist Rex and, like, a smaller team that, like, turned into that. Okay. And that had a lot of really fun people, like uh, Andrew Coppola, Rob Aliziani, Brendan Kingston, Nicola Breck, uh, Katrina Haukidis from Big Baby, Josh Powell from Dr. Sleepover. There's a lot of people, like, it's just a, a motley crew of folks. Mm-hmm. Rick Helpo was on it. Mm-hmm. He did uh, some stuff. But yeah, it was fun. It was a fun group. Um, and then I did a friend show called Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt, which it's, uh, the sa- last year of sounds Fit familiar, Fringe. but it was like we were like lawyers, and we did it was like really intricate, like format that Meredith Weir and Adam Siri directed. Okay, and then we did that for Fringe. Then we did it at Del Close Marathon twice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, so then, what gets you uh, to start peeking into the sketch world? Um, Other than after, so uh, once you're like a fit company member, like you can buddy classes for free. Okay. So I buddy Joe Moore's like immediately after getting cast on Outside Voice. I buddy right. his 101, and I was just it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed. it. I think it might have been one of his first classes, mm-hmm. like maybe his like second or third class that he was teaching. But it was like great. Like, I had only, 
like watch sketch stuff. I hadn't really participated in like any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And like I'd volunteered a little bit before getting cast. So I had like a free credit for a class. So I used that to take Paul's 201 that I missed half the classes for. I just like failed it just because of that. But like Mm -hmm. he was like, there's no 301. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, like there's no, and you can be no like me and just you, do it so. again at some other yeah. point. Like, yeah. But also like with that class, I still did. I missed the first two classes and then like two more in like the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I still wrote all of the sketches for it. So like week three, uh, Mallory Rhodes was in that class too, I think. And she just like kept me up to speed on what we were supposed to be doing. Like week three, I just showed up with a, with a list sketch mm-hmm. with like no direction. And Paul's like, Oh, well, all, all right. right. All right. Well, I guess he's doing stuff, so that's cool. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. But and then like I know you perform sketch, um, not as much as improv, obviously, yeah. but like you you've done at least one iron sketch. Yeah. As we talked about it earlier yeah. with Courtney. Yeah. I mean a couple weeks ago with Courtney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um you did Iron Sketch Water. Uh-huh. Uh was there another that was the only one I did. That was the only Iron Sketch? I, I wanted to do more, but I just, like, didn't have the time right. for it. And, like... Okay. Um, yeah, and, but then you... Uh, I remember a couple months ago, Nakatomi sounds familiar? Yep. Nakatomi. Uh, but there has been other... I've done, like, random, like, theme shows and stuff like that. And, like, theme shows and monologue. I remember yeah, you did a monologue a couple weeks, stuff, months like, ago. Um, uh, yeah, I just do stuff here and there. Like, I'm... Uh, like deadlines help me write a lot. Yeah. So just having that and uh theme or not theme show. Iron Sketch was really fun. So that was the first time I like really wrote like a show mm-hmm. with like a group. And that was uh, Jolie Darrow and Pat Siervo. Like writing with them was great. And, like Alvaro Moreno was there too. But I feel like he was out for some of it. I like, I know like the core of it was like me, Jolie mm-hmm. and Pat. And, and then, like that process was really fun. Okay. And then, so that brings us to, this show that you're going to do. Yeah, 25. Tom Hannigan's 25 yeah. is as it's listed, which is how I knew you were doing yeah. a show. That's how I reached out to you. Thanks for, thanks Fit website for being helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've uh, done, um, uh, I did another sketch show in between them. Okay. The Outside Voices sketch show. Okay, so did you, That's all right, so Outside Voices was the, the first Fit House team that you did. Yes. Was that like an improv to sketch thing where like, it hey, we're, we're saying things funny. Let's write this down afterwards kind of thing. Or was it? So uh, Caitlin Weigel was our director. And mm-hmm. uh, when she was on Asteroid, they did the Improvised B movie, which was like an hour long show. Right. So like she had talked to us about like, I remember it was like right after New Year's of like our first year or so. And it was just like, hey, like, what do you guys think of like doing like an hour long show? Like what kind of format, like what do you want to do? So like we threw out some ideas and she brought them to the artistic team. And I think the general consensus was that there's just like no room in the schedule to like slip like a short run show yeah. from outside voices in there. So like one of the ideas I, I pitched was like, hey, let's do a sketch show. Like we have a few sketch people here already and like I like to write so like why not so that ended up being like the prevailing idea to do the show was it uh, uh just a like the half of the show was it like a 25 minute set it was supposed to be a 25 minute set we did like over 30 okay our first night and I think we just drove Dog Mountain insane in the green room <laughs> like it was That's so how that long. Works. uh 
Andrew Coppola, <laughs> his compliment for it was like, hey, I really liked like all 40 hours of the Outside Voices <laughs> sketch show. <laughs> um, okay, so that's, we're going to cross that off of like things Tom has learned is yeah. 25 minutes means 25. <laughs> yeah, 25. Um, so what this, this show, uh, 25, yeah. what's it? Uh, I'm just writing the, one man sketch show. Like, it's not like, it's not going to be like a one man show where it's like, Growing up, I knew a lot of people. Like, oh, but it's, it's, it's going to be all you? It's all me. Okay. Uh, I might... I'm. Uh, there's, like, some bits I'm outsourcing, mm-hmm. which we can talk about off, uh, off this. But it's everything's written by me, and I'm okay. going to be the only person on stage, so there's that. And that's at the end of the month with Dog Mountain. And you're, once again, going with Dog Mountain. Yeah. Dog, I've opened for Dog Mountain three times now. They're the only fit house team I've I've been in a sketch show before. <laughs> uh, That's outside Voices That's did funny. it. Nakatomi did it, and now I'm doing it by myself. Um, so, uh, did I I didn't ask that yet. So, all right, as we as we're winding down, um, why comedy? Like, wh- what? What? Like, I mean, you mentioned chasing that high. Yeah. But I just like it. Just I just like it's something. It's just fun for me. It's okay. something that's always been fun. Like I like making other people laugh, and I'm not terrible at it, or so I've been told. So, and then, um, like, even even though you have way more experience as an improviser, like, is there something that you've learned from comedy? Like, and you know, we can we can even say like uh, something that you you know something practical about comedy or something like philosophical and greater, like. What has comedy taught you in the last couple of years? Uh, I'd say it's very easy to... Uh, two, two things I'd say, like, it's very easy to think everything you do is great, mm-hmm. which I think, er, like, newer people starting to do comedy mm-hmm. can, like, not take notes very well. Yep. And uh, it's very it's very easy to... And I think stand-up is, like, the fastest way to knock that out of your system. <laughs> And uh, also just make content because there's so, like, I feel like there's so many people who, like, might want to do this but either don't know how or, like, don't have an outlet so they just don't do it. Right. Like, like deadlines help me just do shit immediately. And I had this uh, really good writing teacher at Temple who said it's easier to make bad writing good writing than no writing good writing. Which I'm like, ooh, that's good. That makes I'm sense. I'm gonna steal that. I'm it's, gonna steal that and put it on a podcast. It it sounds philosophical, but actually makes perfect yeah. sense. <laughs> like, yeah. Like when I when I write sketches, I usually just like fly through a first draft, and mm-hmm. then like maybe I won't look at it for a little bit. Or like the if there's like an artistry to sketch, it comes all in revisions and just rewriting and being like, okay, this sketch is more about this now. Like, yeah. Um, I, like there was a, a quote from my high school teachers and I, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to have to look it up to get it right and post it when this airs. But like, it's, uh, you know, you can play in the fields of imagination, but you have to like worship at the altar of editing. Like yeah. where like yeah. it's your first draft is great, but yeah, you're, you have to cut and work and make it better. Yeah. Like, Even though I'm writing 25 by myself, I've showed like sketches of it to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Jack O'Keefe just sent me like a long thing of like, hey, I like this, do this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, this is like my suggestion. And, and like, I think that's that's another pitfall that you can avoid with doing a one-man show is actually yeah. making a one-man show. Like, yeah. It's, relying I mean, on people that you trust to yeah help you out yeah i tried to i tried to like assemble like a group and just like buy them pizza to like read all my stuff and then <laughs> i was just like too hungover to go so i canceled it <laughs> but uh wow. i'm outsourcing for notes i feel like i was around <laughs> when i heard other people talking about this meeting a couple weeks ago or something this was like okay or maybe last week because <laughs> i there was something because I, I did um up all night a couple weeks weeks ago and i oh, think yeah joe tuesday i think a couple people were like at joe tuesday's house yeah so so yeah, yeah. there it was that that was the meeting that you, that yep. you were talking about yep yay. yay okay so go see 25 thanks tom thanks man thanks for having me Tom Hannigan will stage Tom Hannigan's 25, opening for Dog Mountain on September 29th and 30th at 9 p.m. at the Philly Improv Theater. You can also see Tom in Metropolis every Wednesday at FIT. Check FIT Comedy for times and tickets. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook to keep up who I'll be talking to next and future live shows. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. <laughs>